Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Unipreneurs Podcast. This is Alexa speaking, and today I am recording this intro solo, but the actual podcast episode I am co-hosting together with Emma, who is my co-director of the Unipreneurs Network. Uh, for those who don't know, you can check us out on our website, www.unipreneurs.com, and you can find all of our social media linked there. But on today's episode, we are going to be interviewing the wonderful Malin Fridjofsson. Ignore my bad Swedish pronunciation. I have been living here for six years, but the American in me still comes out. But first, I want to talk about what's been going on for the past few months. It's been quite a while since we last spoke. This episode was originally recorded back in early March, right at the beginning of really when the COVID-19 pandemic started to unfold. Unipreneurs was hosting our annual hackathon, Create Squared. Uh, Events were still allowed at that time and we really didn't know much about um, COVID-19 yet and we proceeded with the event, which luckily went fine. No one that we know of uh, got sick from that event. Um, But really our whole world have changed during this pandemic as school moved online. We tried to navigate that space. Working is also online. Internships have been canceled. Family members have been lost. I mean, it's just been such a turbulent and chaotic time. And to preach kind of our message about being, yeah, entrepreneurial during this, it just felt like it wasn't making the top of the priority list when we were bombarded by so many different messages on social media and really just trying to navigate that for ourselves. So the Unipreneurs podcast has been taking a break for the past four to five months, but we've really been reflecting on how we want to move forward and how we want to proceed with our message and really innovation and starting new ventures to create the change that we want to see in this world is always going to be needed. And we want to keep putting that out there for you guys and bringing on these inspirational speakers to keep on inspiring you all and if you have some more free time at home now we really would encourage you to yeah start to work on your own ideas start to talk with friends get inspired get curious learn about new things because this time if you can use it um, and you're not too mentally overloaded it's a really great time to start to work on your own ideas and ventures and in today's episode, it's such a good one. It's, you know, been sitting on my computer collecting dust, or collecting dust, so to say. And it's such a shame because this episode that we recorded with Malin, we had so much fun. And it's such a good episode. We talk about Malin's unconventional journey that landed her a job within Venture Capital. She currently works at Chalmers Ventures, which is part of Chalmers University in Gothenburg, Sweden. They are one of the top technical universities in the world. And her role there is as the head of community management. Malin was also awarded the Ecosystem Hero of the Year by the Nordic Startup Awards in 2019. And she also happens to be a published author with her own poetry book. She's a public speaker and she's an equality expert, which we are going to dig into a lot on this episode. We dig deep into the topics of being a woman in the startup and VC worlds and how men can really be our allies to create a more inclusive community. And Malin, she really hits us with the facts and really educated us on what the current situation looks like, what research has proven, and how we can move forward to create a more 
yeah, inclusive community in the startup world. And I mean, there's a lot of value to be heard in this episode, whether you're a woman or you're a man, maybe you don't identify. Uh, We're going to provide a lot of helpful links in the description if you want to educate yourself even more. And as always, you can always ask us questions on our social media or through email at unipreneurs, U-N-I-P-R-E-N-E-U-R-S.com. You can find all of our links there. And anything else I want to say? No, I think I'll leave it at that. As I said, helpful information will be down below if I forget anything. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. for joining us here today. We're happy you were in Stockholm this weekend. Yes, it worked out perfectly. <laughs> uh, Malin is joining us here at Norwin House in Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, Unipreneurs is hosting Create Squared, which is an awesome ideation comp- competition that we do every year. It's also International Women's Day tomorrow, and we have the Women in Tech conference this weekend, so it's really like an exciting weekend for all yeah, of Yeah, a lot is going on. Yeah, yeah, you still had time to make a podcast. Yeah. That is very entrepreneurial of you. <laughs> so, Malin, tell us a bit about your background. Um, actually, it's really funny talking about my background because uh, since I work in venture capital and specifically in tech and also in the board of women in tech, people usually assume that, well, you have a background in tech. Um, or which, finance. If, or <laughs> finance or like anything related uh, in the slightest to what I do now, um, but I don't. Um, my background is actually, uh, I have two degrees because I love going to school. I still love going to school. That um, sounds like me. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I, I never stop studying. I mean, you can't stop studying when you work in entrepreneurship because there's always cool things coming up, so I need to like research everything. But yeah, you need to keep on learning. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, So I have two degrees, so I have a degree in uh, Global Development Studies, uh, and then I have a degree in gender studies. So the natural progression in a career for a gender studies major is, of course, to work in venture capital in tech. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's my not background. At yeah, but I not guess at that all. just really proves that diversity is needed. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I, I've come to learn that um, I think you are the most needed where you're the least expected. Uh, and I found that that has actually been a great way of choosing where to go in your career because um, I'm always the only one of me in the, every room. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> there's not a lot of gender studies majors. In but how come you originally got involved with entrepreneurship? Um, I think that goes to what the de- definition of entrepreneurship is because I never saw myself as an entrepreneur at all. Um, but I worked for... Uh, I've always been... Um, very involved in civil society, so uh, I was on the board of an organization that was um, becoming really big during the, uh, in quotation, the refugee crisis of 2015. Um, And at one point we were 800 members and we had um, stuff going on five days a week and we only had 600, uh, 6,000 kroners a year. (laughs) and. uh, I didn't see that. Now I see that as very entrepreneurial, but I didn't see that at the very point. Very lean. Very lean. <laughs> and also, like, now. And, and um, 
It was actually by chance. So uh, my boss, uh, Stina Linge, who's the head of all the, all the startup programs at Chalmers Ventures, she hired me uh, on like actually just believing in me when I said I can do this uh, with no other qualifications. <laughs> uh, so I was hired uh, as kind of mini her, helping her out uh, whilst I was writing my thesis. Um, and after I was done with my thesis, I got a um, full-time job. <laughs> and now you're still at Chalmers Ventures? Yes. So what does your day-to-day look like? Oh, it's actually, I get that question a lot, it's mostly from like my friends and family, because they're like, what exactly do you yeah. do? Like, it's very hard to explain, but um, I try to be as much as I can with the companies. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have 73 companies in the portfolio, so there's a lot of companies, but um, and when you work with innovation, it's really hard to like have a, a, a pamphlet of like, this is what we're going to help you with. You always need to be... Um, listening into what the, the company's needs are. So yeah. I try to be out meeting the companies as much as possible. Uh, but then it's everything from um, onboarding new companies. Uh, I always try to meet <laughs> everyone face to face uh, the first time, like as a yeah. welcome meeting yeah. when they enter our portfolio or any of our programs. Uh, and uh, yeah, we have a lot of stuff going on, as I'm sure you have here in Stockholm as well. You know, yeah. the entrepreneurial scene is like, there's a lot of events. And we try to also, uh, we have a lot of like networks and hubs and stuff still going on. So mm -hmm. there's always something happening. What type of resources are available for students through Chalmers Ventures? Um, so we actually have a specific program that is uh, a um, collaboration with the university. Um, it's actually my favorite program because it, it's a hassle because it's like it's it's taken some time to like get this model right. Yeah, we but, know all about that. Yeah, yeah but, that um, but once you got it, like there's so many amazing companies coming out of this program. So um, we actually there's a entrepreneurship education, a master's at Chalmers, and the second year they can choose a venture creation track. So then they come to us uh, and then we work with uh, researchers and we work with big industry companies uh, to bring in idea givers. Uh, we call them idea givers because uh, usually it's researchers who's come up with something yeah. uh, and instead of that uh, ending up like in a drawer somewhere or just being um, publicized in, in some magazine and then not actually becoming beneficial to society in any way. Um, we take that idea and we match that with entrepreneurship students and they form a company. Oh wow, so the students aren't necessarily generating it themselves. No, they're okay. actually not doing that themselves at all. Um, so it's sure. it, it comes from, they will match with a researcher or it could be even from like big industry companies that have come up with a technology mm -hmm. that is not suitable for their everyday operations, so yeah. like an orphan technology. And then they will be matched. So the students are actually the in the driver's seat. Like it's teams of three, and they will pitch to become CEO when they when they um, incorporate. And uh, the idea giver usually stays on as like either a technical advisory or a CTO or something like that. Do they um, keep equity as well? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the the same goes for the students. Mm -hmm. So. Um, it's actually like it, it, when it works it creates magic because you have all these great ideas and the researchers can keep on with the research because that's yeah. what they, they want to do and then they will bring that research into the company yeah. uh, and then the students get to run really really cool 
companies. Yeah. So how many companies are active right now that have come out of this program? Um, in the entire portfolio, I'm, I'm not really sure, but in the program that we have now, like every year it's about 10 companies that come out of okay. the, wow, the class. Uh, and of course the survival rate, I mean, we have a, we have a, a better than average survival rate. Um, and yeah. uh, there's a lot of like really cool companies that are out now that actually started in the incubation process. Like we have Mimbly who, who last year won like the Silicon, you know, yeah. Isabella is like a rock star. Uh, that actually started in the incubation process and like uh, Swedish Algae Factory. Um, which, oh, yeah, they, that started in the, so Angela Wolf was uh, the idea giver and Sophie Allett is now well, the CEO, she was a student and they got matched and of course they did, a, they did a lot of work together since then, but they were matched through this process. Yeah, so it's about commercialization. Yeah, so uh, um, we work to commercialize research. Um, actually, the word commercialize, I know that that is what it is, but it's, it's for me, it's more about like making research become beneficial mm -hmm. for society. Right. Um, so that we actually, it actually becomes something. <laughs> and it's really fun to see the students yeah. come in because it could be like, it could be an algorithm or it could be a, a specific material and the students get mm -hmm. to come in and actually find the applications. Because sometimes the, the researcher has an idea of the application, but usually the students come in with their, their uh, business design and their prototyping yeah. and they come yeah. up with, this is how we yeah. should use this innovation. Mm -hmm. And that process is just like, it's magic really Actually to watch Actually identifying it. what the pains or gains would be rather than focusing on the solution. Yeah. To find yeah, your actual target customer group. Yeah, because yeah. When, you're, when you're researching, you're, you're trying to... Make it very narrow yeah, focus. But you're also yeah. you're, you're like finding you you're you're innovating, you're finding new things, but it's not uh it's not uh customer oriented in any way. Uh and, and but when you take all the cool stuff that is being invented yeah. and then actually find uses for it in society, yeah, that creates a really cool startup. Yeah. So my big question is like, oh my god, these like students taking on the CEO role. <laughs> yes. How do they prepare for that? Um, I mean, actually, they do this as their second year of their master's. So I try to tell them, like, the worst case scenario, you get your degree. <laughs> that's not, I mean, yeah. you have a that's not, yeah. that's not a, it's like a very safe environment yeah. to start your entrepreneurship journey. Uh, so they're in their second year, and then after they finish, they have a free spot in our accelerator. So then they have 18 months still with a business coach and like yeah. all the help that we provide. So yeah. it's it's a really safe space to... So um, they get almost two years yeah. to work on the... Yeah, on with, the with a lot of, with a lot of uh, resources in the first year, uh, both from us and from uh, the institution, the school, yeah. and then uh, in the accelerator from, from Do us. Do they write their thesis yes. still on so, their own company? Yeah, some of them do okay. and some of them don't. Okay. Um, so they still have their thesis yeah. to write. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot for them to do. And I'm guessing they receive funding as well to get this idea off the ground. Um, they do receive some funding. Okay. And then when the, they pitch for the accelerator, they can pitch for pre-seed or extended pre-seed. Mm -hmm. so. And do you awesome. take equity in that? Yes. So we take equity in the in the incubation process of like finding the ideas and doing the matching process, 
And then what we do, because we're both an incubator and a VC. So uh, okay. in some companies, it's just, they just want to be part of the program and then it's just the sweat equity yeah. uh, or they want an investment and then we can also invest. So then it's typical uh, investment yeah, right. and then equity for that. So um, that's it's, such it's, an awesome model. It is. It I is. mean, it has, it's like, it's since yeah. I think they all have their pros and cons. Yes, and I think because we're, it's, it's a very, we call it venture creation because we don't just invest in companies that already exist, we actually create mm. companies. And I think that's a very unique thing to do. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a hard model to grasp. Yeah. Uh, but we actually get to be there and like even when they incorporate, even before they incorporate. And like, yeah. uh, so we get to really, really, really be there in the beginning and not just invest in companies, but actually create them, which mm -hmm. is, we see ourselves as like a third co-founder, <laughs> like it's an idea giver and yeah. it's, the, it's the students and then it's like us. So we're, we're very like... Also, I would say emotionally invested in all the companies. Because you, <laughs> yeah, you, you see, see them grow, they become your babies. Yeah, yeah and we, you see all these really cool things. Like, even I can have some ideas when you speak to the idea givers and you hear about the technology, and then to see what the students actually bring in to move that technology from one point to the other, it's like mind-blowing mm -hmm. what yeah. they can actually create. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, you can hear that I love my job because I get to, like... <laughs> See all these really the cool, cool companies being born. So have you been involved with any ventures yourself? I mean, I have. Because it's really hard when you um, see all these cool startups happening. You really want to like dip your fingers in the cookie jar. <laughs> um, so, I mean, in one way, I see myself as like an employee in all our 73 companies. <laughs> like, I really... But, you are invested. Widespread. Yeah, but I mean, we don't make any money until they make a lot of money. So it's, it's yeah. basically like we really want them to succeed. Mm -hmm. um, but I've also uh, worked um, in part time for uh, other, another startup that is not one of the Thomas Venture startup. But I just, I, uh, their name is Carbon Cloud. So they, um, mm -hmm. they, they um, calculate uh, carbon footprint from food. Mm -hmm. So maybe you've seen the Oatly uh, uh, packages yeah. Yeah. and they have a carbon that's a carbon cloud okay. um, yeah, I've heard of it actually. I mean it's it's a really 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 great startup and it's not one of ours so when they asked me to like come in and work I already have a full-time job but I like I couldn't help myself and it was really fun yeah and they're you're, really you're great. preaching to the choir yes <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really hard to limit yourself when you're in this line of work it is that's very true how did you know that you wanted to start to get involved in this space I mean, the easy answer is I didn't at all. <laughs> like, um, when I thought about going on full-time uh, and, like, actually making this my, like, real job, like, when it's just, like, a part-time when you're writing your thesis, you don't really um, see it as, like, oh, this is my career. No. So so when that option opened up, uh, I was like, well, I'm, like, a super hardcore feminist socialist am I gonna work in venture capital in tech <laughs> like this is not where I envision myself going no. but this is really just such a thrilling industry and when I look at the the companies that we work with I like I have like faith in that like humanity is gonna succeed um and um so I, I feel like I, I just I got charmed by this industry but it was never like a conscious decision to start working in this it was just like 
I got suckered in and now I'm stuck and I love it. It <laughs> sounds like you really have your plate full. Is it the enthusiasm that's giving you motivation to continue working every day? Uh, definitely. Uh, and I know that I, I do probably too much <laughs> of things, but um, when you really, like, I really love what I do. Uh, and um, when I started, like, it's always I find things that I want to kind of fix. So when I started working uh, in this line of work, I realized, oh, tech and startups is, is two industries that is where very flexist in many yeah. ways. Uh, so that's why I joined the board of Women in Tech because I felt like, I, well, I need to fix this. Yeah. You know, you have that mindset, you need to fix things. It's here I can make a difference, kind of. Yeah, and uh, coming from like a very uh, socialist, very political background, um, I never saw myself working with venture creation and working with uh, business in this kind of type of way. And when I realized that um, that that mindset, think what I thought that business building was, almost stopped me from going into this field. Um, that's why I founded that our my think tank Alterity, where we talk about uh, entrepreneurship and business from a socialist uh, worldview, uh, which is quite exciting because. There are so many uh, spectrums that can fit into entrepreneurship, but I think that mainly in Sweden we have this, it's kind of been hijacked by one political sphere. And, yeah, yeah and, and, I and, totally agree. And it's, it's um, actually it doesn't have to be there. Like I, I, we have a lot of companies that preach uh, like purposeful profit um, and regenerative business design. So like doing good for the world is not something you add on extra but it's actually built into your business model yeah. uh, and I think thinking that way about business um, well I saw that I saw that that was an issue and then I founded a think tank so I, I feel like the, the theme in my <laughs> life is seeing things and I was like oh, I have to fix this and then it just kind of adds on but um, I still I mean I, I love and I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm it's, uh, it's it doesn't really feel like work. I mean, some days, of course, it feels like work. <laughs> yes. I'm not gonna lie. Of course, some days it really feels like work. Yeah. But uh, I mean, you can hear from my voice. I love I love my job, so yeah. it doesn't yeah. it doesn't feel that much like work. Yeah, and I think that's a maybe hustle culture or something we'll come back to later. But first, since we're actually talking to a gender studies major, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I would really like to hear your thoughts about the gender divide in the startup world and tech. Yeah, I mean, I was really surprised to, to realize that... And this is this is a subject we have not really touched on on the podcast before. No, Ooh, now I'm had, here. <laughs> we've never had an expert on the subject, no. really. Um, well, I was really surprised when I found out that uh, the startup industry is actually the least equal industry in Sweden. I, I thought that it would be like I didn't uh, mining or something like that, but it's actually yeah. it's actually it's, it's startups. And, and when you realize that um, the past few years, less than one percent of all venture capital has been awarded to female founders. Mind blowing. I mean, not like <laughs> yeah. less than one percent. It's like zero point eighty six or something. And 11% went to mixed teams. Yeah. That is crazy numbers and they that have not been changing. And these numbers are similar across the world. And uh, even in the US where they have a much more mature VC scene. Yeah. Yeah. You still so, see it as a trend. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, 
And when you, in Sweden, I mean, it's a clear line, like in investment teams in Sweden, uh, it's only 14% women. Yeah. Um, and we know that, like, we have all this great research coming out about how, like, the exact same pitch is valued differently if yeah. it's a yeah. man, man or woman giving it. Yeah. And you have uh, these studies showing how... Uh, Female founders get more critical questions. They yeah. get different yeah. questions. Yeah. Promotional questions. When when they when they go to pitch for capital. Yeah, Mark does great research on that. Actually, we can link it in the podcast bio. Yeah. Yes. So so it's not really a question about if it's a it's a question, but like it, it's very it's stated fact. Like mm -hmm. it's very very unequal. And even female investors show the same bias yeah. against female entrepreneurs, which is also just mind blowing. They'll view the same pitch differently just because a woman is pitching it. Yeah, and like when I look at the, we were actually Chalmers Ventures, and now I'm gonna brag because this is like the, the best bragging number. Uh, UBI does a ranking of all university-based incubators mm -hmm. in the world. So yeah. we got ranked in top 10 in the world, which is really cool for, for Gothenburg uh, in right. Sweden. But we got ranked number one when it comes to working with female founders. Wow. wow. <laughs> and that is really cool. Um, it, especially since the same year, I mean, we're owned by the University of Chalmers and they were ranked uh, worst in Sweden when it comes to equality. So it, we've actually done a really, really uh, intensive work on this. But is it a conscious effort from your side? Oh, definitely. It's yeah. definitely, I mean, they hired a gender studies major. Um, <laughs> But jokes aside, yeah, it's been it's been a very conscious uh, decision, and not just for the sake of uh, equality per se as as its own thing, but also we want to fish in the biggest pool possible. Mm. Yeah, and the biggest pool possible, you can't exclude half of the population. No, exactly. no. And there are so much research and there are so much studies, especially like on incubators and accelerators, how you can create them to be more um, attractive for female founders. And diverse teams are just more sustainable. Yeah, definitely. Research and more profitable. And yeah. like there's all this, uh, there's a really good business case for, yeah, for, for equality and for diversity. But and that's no new knowledge either. It's been around yeah. for some time, all that research. And, and this is really an industry where we pride ourselves in working very data-driven in everything else. Like we always talk now about data-driven entrepreneurship, like fact-based entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. fact-based business building we should work the same way when it comes to equality. Yeah, yeah. Like, here are the facts, here are the data, let's just fix it. Um, and it, it doesn't get fixed by itself. Yeah, um, it needs to be conscious. Yeah, definitely. And uh, culture, the, the sexist culture in uh, tech is like one of the main uh, things that I talk about when it comes to women in tech and in, in the organization because there are, we, we always say that there are, there's a talent shortage in tech. Like it's really hard to recruit. Right. And we do all these great initiatives to get like the pipeline of women in. Like we yeah. have a lot of like get girls into coding, get girls into yeah. this. And recent studies show that like 40% of women in STEM are leaving after five years. Mm -hmm. So we, we can't just pipe the, the issue. The issue is working for them. No, no, it's not no, a pipeline exactly. issue, and I think saying that it is a pipeline issue is much easier, but then you can kind of push the question away and say, well, there isn't any women. 
Yeah. Um, instead of saying, well, there's an one woman who, They don't want to be here. They don't want to be here. Uh, <laughs> and that's actually something I say to our companies or any company if they will come to me and ask me for help recruiting women because that happens even though I'm not a recruiter. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how hard it is to recruit Some women Some of tech. my friends also, they're like, do you know any girls who could... Yeah, we could people hire? want to recruit <laughs> girls. That's yeah, true. and then they will put a placement ad and they will just say, well, we, no, no women applied, so... Well, there isn't any women in tech. Like, there's that is the most stupid excuse I've ever heard. That you cannot find female talent. I, I usually it's, it's not the case. No, I usually say, well, if, if no one, if no uh, female engineer applies to your job ad, that doesn't mean that there are no female engineers. <laughs> no one that just means for you. <laughs> there's no female engineers who wants to work for you. So let's let's let let that sink in, yeah. and then we can work how to change that. Is it your communication? Like, what exactly. is it that yeah, is it recently a job that I was applying for? They were like, yeah, uh, it was. They kind of approached me separately, and they're like, we'll send the job ad to you shortly. We're just we're having someone review it because we want to make sure that our language is inclusive and not too masculine. And I was like, wow, this is the first time I've ever heard of a startup yeah. doing that. We have that as <laughs> a catching on. Uh, we have that as we have like a support function of like different things that we help uh, startups out, but we also have checklists on how to write inclusive placement ads. Mm -hmm. So all our startups can download that and just. That's awesome. Um, how does that vary from uh, a non-inclusive placement ad? Um, I mean, it's it's quite like a long thing, but there's actually a really really great example if you want to like read about how it actually works. Because I think it was Tradiera or Blocket or some kind of that, those kind of sites that had a placement ad and didn't get any women, so they hired a consultant to rewrite it, and then they got like so many women applying, and then they wrote like a little like a report afterwards yeah, on like yeah. what they changed, and there's like a lot of studies. Um, I mean, women are more, f more focused on like a growth mindset, mm -hmm. so it's not about your set abilities, like you should know this, 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 this. It's more like, how, how is your approach to yeah. learning new things? Or, mm -hmm. uh, and then it's also like really basic things that women tend to uh, apply to more placement ads that has yeah. bullet points. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and if, if you add uh, a, a requirement or something that you want someone to have, um, a man will apply if he yeah. has yeah. three out of five, but if a woman has four out of five, she'll be like, oh, I didn't have the fifth one. We, we also yeah. self-estimate. We are yeah. so critical, so self-critical. Yeah, and actually, that is, there's a lot of like good research and studies on this. So again, work data-driven. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is, you don't have to rely on, I feel like. There's yeah. a lot of data, just yeah. like... Check your facts. Yeah, it's, it's quite straight. actually, there's a lot of information available if you are willing to look at it. Our friend Johan, who also co-hosts some of the podcast episodes with us, uh, he's working at the Stockholm School of Entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. and I'm always telling him, I'm like, it blows my mind that venture capital goes to so few women and that so few women like start companies because in me and my bubble, like I have so many friends who are yeah. female entrepreneurs and have received funding, and he's like, yeah, but Alexa, you know all of them. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's why it's so big to you, because you know the one person. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, they're, they're every um, one out of three companies started in Sweden is founded by women. Wow. So, I mean, women are not founding that few companies. No. Uh, but then there's also a misconception that women are don't want their companies to grow. Like, they don't want growth companies, they just want bread and butter companies. And then research have shown, again, that's not true. Uh, and you had really old research showing how women were less prone to risk than men, but that has also been debunked now. And yeah. 
when you look in Sweden who founds the most companies, it's not just gender based, like it's not just men, it's usually um, men without a family responsibility mm. and yeah. from very um, comfortable economic backgrounds. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that uh, women are less pl- prone to risk, I'd say it's like it's more risky for a woman like how much of a risk is it really are you taking if you don't have a family responsibility you don't you have like you you're you're cushy in your economy like okay so saying that men take a more prone to risk taking just because they start more companies doesn't really make sense you should compare it to everyone's baseline yeah i mean i think they're not taking as big of a risk yeah and what are your thoughts about women in the vc sphere itself um, we need more women, first of all, um, and I think that, I mean, there's, I think one thing that is really great about being a woman is that I feel like we have, a, we have each other's backs, like we have a, a great community sense. I, I feel like, uh, especially in this industry, I feel like we're always like, almost like a little underground, like female mafia of like, <laughs> in this, well, c- because when you're, you're constantly like, I've been in this industry for three years and I mean I could write like a whole book about the the blatant like I've been offered money for sex like it's not the, it's not just like the small like it's not up for interpretation like it's blatant <laughs> like offensive sexism yeah. um, and you really need to ventilate so I feel like that's made me really connect with a lot of female founders and female like other actors in the ecosystem um, but we need more, definitely. Yeah. We need more, and I think... And I think women really underestimate their skills and what's going to qualify them to be in venture capital. For sure. Well. Because I was uh, working at a venture capital firm before, but in marketing, and I mean, the amount of applications we would get was insane. But 99% of them were male. And to be honest, most of them were from, like, bachelor student guys who didn't have any of the qualifications, but they knew they wanted to be in this sphere. And... Like, at the end of the day, it's like we, re- we knew we really needed to hire more women. And it's just like, again, how do you do that if the women don't feel qualified enough to apply to this stuff? It's like, yeah. I mean, it's starting yeah. to change. The tide is flipping a bit. And we see so many more women entering the VC sphere and becoming partners. But for sure, it's a slow change. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of VC companies re- need to make a, a effort to actually... Uh, bring in more women even if they're not have all the qualifications done because okay I don't have any financial background I don't have any experience in this field I mean it's you can learn yeah, you we're can, all yeah, we're all learn. about the growth mindset here <laughs> Which so I, don't, about a lot I don't I don't understand why this doesn't apply to this yeah like I am so happy uh, for my female bosses seeing me that I have a good approach and like allowing me to learn and grow um yeah. I mean in, in three years' time, they took me from someone who never thought I would go into this industry. And last year, I won, like, the Nordic title at the Nordic Startup Awards, mm-hmm. like, for Ecosystem of the Year. And I was like, this would not have happened if they if they were seeking someone who already knew everything when they were bringing someone in. Yeah, and I also think that can be a very dangerous thing to do, because yeah. then you will have someone with such a closed mindset. And when it comes to entrepreneurship, you have to be so open-minded yeah. and ready to change things and your own beliefs and what you might think is right or wrong. Yeah, I mean, uh, we work with innovation. So I always try to remind myself and like my bosses and my coworkers that 
we work with people who are doing things that have never been done before. Like, there's no way we can have like a set way or a set no. set of skills or knowledge that is always going to be applicable. Mm. Like, we're, that's not... The whole point of innovation is you're doing things that has never been done. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's quite... Actually, when you think about it, it's quite dumb to think that you could have a set, like, template of what you need to do to be good at this job. Um, I think the I think the opposite. I think yeah. that you actually you actually need to be um, kind of kind of naive enough to because you you're working with the future. You're working with like nothing. It, it doesn't have anything yet. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I so. would also love to get your thoughts now, kind of going back, but tying in this gender studies element as well about your opinion on hustle culture. Because I find it to be a very kind of macho thing. It's like, oh, I don't sleep and I just work I don't all eat. the time. Yeah. I mean, there's a. I, I try to have a very holistic view of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Like an entrepreneur isn't a undergrad guy who's like a financial background sitting in his uh, like parents' garage. <laughs> working all night that is that is not an entrepreneur uh and i think that it's really important like what everything that we do at thomas ventures i we've now incorporated like babysitting and like yeah. all these other aspects and that's just that's not like a, a gender specific thing that's just like we the the, the well i mean yes and it's also oh, like skill set broadening what a, the 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 narrative about what an entrepreneur is mm -hmm. um so i think definitely i mean we had a, a company one i'm not gonna name the name that i uh, had a, a placement ad out and it just said that they it was a plus if you were good at fifa and I just wanted to barf. I was like, <laughs> I, I would never share this because that that to me is so narrow-minded. That is so in the stereotypical sense of you're just gonna hire someone who is exactly like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, do you really think that that's the best recruitment you can do? Yeah, how many problems is that gonna solve? Well, well okay, if you need another you, then you're not doing a good job. No. Because like, <laughs> if you were doing a good job, you wouldn't need a second of you. You already have you. I mean, that that is actually like, going back to why I, when I got offered the full-time job, I was listening to a bunch of podcasts about startups because I was like, do I, is, am I gonna do this? And uh, I was listening to Charlie O'Donnell, who's the founder of Brooklyn Bridge VC, uh, who's who's now become like a really good friend a few years later. But this is this is way before that, uh, and his name really uh, stuck to me because he had a really good take on board recruitment, something that I try to take with when it comes to all type of recruitment and equality in the startup industry. He was like, I really appreciate. Uh, older white man who started a lot of companies in my board like they have so much invaluable experience like they're really good to have on your board mm -hmm. but I only need one <laughs> yeah I don't need seven and I was like 
that's exactly it. Like you don't <laughs> yeah. need seven, but I think it was a very good take of of a debate that's very polarized. Like of that you shouldn't you shouldn't neglect that kind of valuable experience yeah. that these men have. But it's about being more inclusive. But you don't need seven of them because they usually have the same. <laughs> they have the same experience and the same knowledge. And that is actually, that quote is why we became friends, because a few years <laughs> later, when I was going to New York, I was like, you have to meet with me because yeah. of this. And then we became <laughs> he did. He was yeah. like, I've only taken two cold meetings before, and they were both weird girls. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> you got one. Yeah. And I think also when you're recruiting for a board, it's so important to think about what are the skills that's, that you need for your venture. For yeah, and I think you should think about that when you're investment team as well. I mean... You need someone who's gonna have when you're when you're debating a decision, you wanna have all these experience and all these different type of knowledge to actually come up with the best decision. If you have five people who have the same educational background, they've done the same like career journey, they're in the same age, like they've met the same kind of responses from society when it comes to structural things, you're you're not gonna have you're not gonna have the best discussion that you could have. No, I mean, it could be a good discussion, it could work, but it's not going to be the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this industry, you should always try to be the best, right? I agree with that. <laughs> so, switching gears a little bit, how would you recommend a student to bring their idea to reality? If they're not at Chalmers. If they're not at Chalmers. <laughs> I mean, we work with, with students from other universities as well. So, I mean, we have to plug. We have an open coaching. So, if you have an wow. idea, every okay. Tuesday you can come and get a no-strings-attached with a business coach. Really that good. is a great resource. Yeah, yeah it's actually, and it, it, was, it was also, we see that more women come to those, like when it's lower thresholds, than to come yeah. and pitch for an actual... Um, so, so, that is great. You, so, it's more as a conversation. Yeah, I mean, you come, you get uh, like a like a twenty thirty minutes meeting with a business coach, where you can either use it to like ask about us, or you can just have coaching about your idea and how to the next step. Yeah. Um. So, and I think there's a lot of those kind of initiatives out there. So. Yeah, gate innovation does the yeah. same as well. Um. But I mean, when it comes to entrepreneurship, it's really about just. I'm going to go for the cliche, like, like just do it. Yeah. I mean, you always have these, like, entrepreneurs yeah. that is, like, talking about their ideas. And I was like, you've been saying this for three years yeah. now. And, now and, time back. And, like, entrepreneurship is not about having an idea. Entrepreneurship is about movement. Like yeah. It's about execution. Yeah, I think I, I, it's about, like, how, how fast can you go from point A to point B? Like, you have an idea, but it's down to people to actually move that. Mm. Yeah. And and that's that's how we see like in our investments as well. Like you can have like our old CEO should just uh, quit, which I'm very very sad about. Uh, she didn't quit, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she was amazing and still is amazing. Um, but she has this saying. She was like, if you take uh, like a hundred thousand kronas and you put that in a room and you leave that for a year, you come back. Like what happened? Nothing. Nothing. So it's well, it decreases in value. It decreases in value. value. Like, like finance, finance right here. <laughs> but but like basically, enough. basically nothing. So she has this mindset of um, it's all about the people because it's the people that can take the money and the idea and actually move it somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and I think that is more like entrepreneurship. So if you have an idea, try <laughs> like do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Try an MVP and like do a small thing to just kind of test and yeah, go always out and evaluate your idea. 
and care less about VC hype. Like I shouldn't run around talking to VCs now. I now I feel like I'm like <laughs> going back on like you should still come to open coaching, but the the you should be customer centric. Like it doesn't matter if how many VCs say that your idea is great, uh, that power belongs to the customer. So just try to speak to the customer and like validate your idea that way. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, that's great. So where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? Oh, <laughs> that is a hard question actually. Um, I, I definitely see myself still working in this industry, but um, I... Oh gosh, that is really hard. But I also I feel like because you never saw yourself here. No, I never saw myself here. So I I just I I keep making like purpose driven decisions. Like where can I make the most uh, impact uh, in my core question? It's important as well to have in mind that your path doesn't have to be so narrow. Are you more open to opportunities that come along the way? I I mean my if I ever have like a kid my advice would be to always make like purpose driven decisions so like if you have a really clear purpose like I have a really clear purpose like I want to leave this earth a little bit better like a little bit more durable for women and girls. Mm -hmm. I thought that I would do that in like politics or maybe like (laughs) international aid or stuff like that. Now it just happened that I can make more impact in this industry. And I think that every step of the way I've been making decisions of where can I make the most impact for women and girls. And it's, it's kind of led me uh, down a good path. And I think that uh, I'm going to continue doing that. But also um, I think that we as like incubators and uh, institutions that work with a lot of startups we also have a responsibility to do some advocacy and actually not just have these, especially when it comes to green tech startups. Mm-hmm. This is something that yeah. I've really realized in the last few years is that the system is not built for green tech startups to succeed mm-hmm. in the way our economy is organized right now. Yeah. And we can see a lot of really good startups with like great entrepreneurs, great tech, like everything. But um, since the economy now is not organized, so like everyone benefits from Earth surviving, <laughs> uh, but who pays? Mm, yeah. Um, and the way it's organized now, it's, it's, it's not good. And then we have, I think that we have a responsibility to not just see this happen time and time again. We also have a responsibility to, to uh, become a voice of advocacy and be like, hey, this is, the system is killing these kinds of ideas. Mm. And these are the kinds of idea that is going to like save our ass from like <laughs> extinction. Yeah. So we need to change something. So I really want to also like lift my head up a bit into the, the broader perspective and try to not just coach and help startups navigate the system as it is now, but actually work to kind of change the system. Mm-hmm. To see a systematic change. Yeah. Yeah, be more disruptive and uh, change status quo. Yeah, I mean, definitely, and I think that not just putting that on the shoulders of cool startups, like, fighting their way, but also, like, okay, so we see this happening time and time again. We have this, like, collective knowledge. Mm-hmm. We also need to be an uh, influence on how the economy is organized. Mm-hmm. So I, that's the, the, that was a very, like, <laughs> abstract answer, but, like, yeah. that is what I see myself working more with mm-hmm. in... In ten years time, yeah. and also I'm getting married this year, so I'll be like a, I'll be like a <laughs> proper adult. 
<laughs> yeah, it's funny because uh, you have a background in international relations, right? In uh, yes, international development yeah. actually. And then so that is one of my degrees. The yeah. other one is in finance and statistics, and right now and now epidemiology. <laughs> exactly, so uh-huh. diseases. I'm kind of combining them yeah. both because, as you're saying as well, we need a systematic change yeah. if we really want to change things in the world. And there you have to have financial knowledge as well, like how are things produced and how does it actually work. Mm-hmm. So uh, I found that my background is quite good yeah. for what I'm doing. Yeah, And I also have a background in political science and then business and now I'm really focusing on entrepreneurship and my master's. So yeah, we, we like the political and whole societal yeah. impact and Weird. again as being women involved in like the startup tech VC worlds. Like yeah, we're both working in health tech. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now, yes. But uh, yeah, really kind of the gender issue, like we know it's there, but we are a bit lucky to be in the city that we're in where this is an issue that is being talked about and addressed somewhat. We'll see what change actually comes out of that. Uh, but yeah, it definitely has also, I think this podcast has inspired us to know that we really need to get more involved into that area as well. Maybe as advocates for yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, the and the voice of the women. I mean, it's it's not. It, it goes all the way back. Like in in Europe, uh, it's only about like five to eight percent of patents that yeah. is awarded to women yeah. every year. So I mean, it's really about it's it's systematic. Like it, it's yeah. it's it's in all parts of the innovation processes and um, yeah, yeah. we're both like very confident, not afraid to go out there and get it kind of people, but. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of women do hold back a lot, and it's about like inspiring them to don't hold back. No, yeah, okay. and but you don't grab that opportunity. Yeah. No one is going to come up to you and offer it to you. Yeah. No, but I also I think I think uh, women are doing most things right. Like I mean, yeah. when we uh, the return of investments for female founders is is bigger than it is on male founders, and I feel like uh, so women are doing like most of things right. So. Um, it's not really women that need to change, in my opinion. Uh, of course, of course. I mean, there is uh, th- this whole theory of like leaning in, but the the perception of like when a woman leans in and is being more assertive, yeah. then yeah. we're being uh, perceived as aggressive or, or bitchy, bitchy or and all these things. So uh, I actually I, I do some uh, lectures on. I can talk another podcast about like <laughs> all the gendered innovations, like yeah. the products and services actually coming out being not working for women or being actually dangerous for women. But that's that's another case. Um, but I do when I talk about like biases and perception, it's like it doesn't really care if I lean in if I'm being perceived as laying down. Yeah. It's like it's not it's not when it comes to perception, it's no longer in the power of the women because if if we if we act the same way as men, we're not being perceived yeah. the same way as men. So, no, we're um, and we're going to get all these links from Malin after. Oh, so that yes. We can put them in the podcast <laughs> bio, and especially Mark Conley's research and everything about promotional versus defensive questions, because that also, we got to get Mark on here to talk about that, because that is also an extremely interesting topic. Yeah. <laughs> but sure. do you have any more final thoughts before we get into our rapid fire question round? Oh, a rapid fire yes. question yes. round. Yes. I'm always so excited now. The podcast. I that was inspired so by the skim. Their yeah. the couch podcast. I love oh, that. I love that. <laughs> um, no, actually, I don't really have any uh, final words except that um, to all female <laughs> founders listening to this, I mean, when I see our female founders, like, I want to cry out of 
pride because I know how hard this industry is for women. So I know that for every victory they get, they work twice as hard. Um, and that is, I mean, really cool. I mean, we're talking about hustle. I mean, imagine being a female founder looking for capital in a country where less than 1% is awarded to female yeah. founders. Like, then we can talk about hustle. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so, I mean, I... we give the men listening as well? I mean... What can they do starting today? Yeah, I mean, starting today, I want... Um, when someone tells me that their company is a meritocracy, I'm like, no. <laughs> I, we, you isn't, and no one is. Like, I have my biases, and you have your biases. Everyone yeah. has biases. Uh, and actually believing that you are unbiased uh, is has shown correlation with showing even more bias in your decision making. Um, so I would say to, every, it, right? to anyone listening, um, just get to the point where you acknowledge that you're not a meritocracy and you are biased. And I mean, we all are, that's okay. So when you know that, you can build uh, systems and strategies to not let that bias in mm. fact, it, like, affect your business decision making. Mm. Because if you if you say oh, meritocracy, I'm not I'm biased. Then you won't institute. <laughs> you won't put any structures in to stop your bias affecting your business decision making. Yeah. And there's right. a lot of I can talk on another podcast <laughs> about like all the like practical things you can do in promotion and hiring practices yeah. and like there's a lot of really good research and there's um, again data driven. There's yeah. so much data showing how you can reduce bias impact. Um, so. I want everyone listening to just say, I am biased. <laughs> what can I do about it? And yeah. start doing that. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank I think so this was an me. excellent episode. And actually, I think you're the first woman we've brought onto the podcast. Oh, time. really? Yes. We've uh, meant to interview some others, but, you know, rescheduling got in the way. So uh, yeah. we really have such a mixed group of people coming on in the future. I mean, I have like a but portfolio it was, full of yeah. really cool female founders yeah. and started yeah. out well, as so student lead ventures so I'll, i think I'll, <laughs> you were the perfect introduction oh well, that makes yes. me so happy <laughs> and i had so much fun i mean Thank i love you. podcasting it's so much fun talking about your work <laughs> okay so we'll wrap it up there thank you thank you for joining us Wow. I mean, every time that I listen back to that episode, I'm just reminded how much fun it was for all of us to record that together and how much we learned during the recording of that episode by speaking to Malin. I mean, she was such a ray of light and just good energy, and it was just fantastic to have her on the show. And I really hope that you all enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, I also just want to announce that we now have a open Slack channel for all students around the world who are interested in maybe getting their daily dose of inspiration, asking for advice, um, asking other questions for those who are curious about embarking on an entrepreneurial path. Maybe you just need some help with productivity. Maybe you already are on the path and need some help overcoming some obstacles along the way. We really want to be a network for like-minded students to connect and really, yeah, help each other on these topics. So I'm going to leave the link to join our Slack channel down below in the description, and I really hope that uh, you'll join, and it's going to be so much fun, and I just, the vision of it to have students from different 
universities all over the world. I mean, and recent grads, you are totally welcome too. I'm actually a recent grad now myself. I just, it's gonna be so amazing if we could have that forum to all just discuss and connect with each other. So if you wanna join in, check out that link down below and we'd be really, really happy to have you. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Now let's roll the outro. Thanks for listening to the Unipreneurs podcast with us. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.unipreneurs.com and be sure to follow us on social media.